1: As always, the All-Star break is finally upon us, and after these last two games, I say good riddance. The Avalanche lose 5-3 to three to the Anaheim Ducks, blowing a 3-1 to one lead late in the second period, giving up four unanswered goals, which we will discuss. But they win today against the St. Louis Blues, 4-2 to two on home ice before they head into the break. But it was a little more difficult than it needed to be. A lot of shenanigans in this game. Abs were up three to nothing. They were cruising over a Blues team that looked pretty out of it early on. This got scary late. And the third periods over these last three games, including the one against Washington, they've been a problem for the Abs. They've
0: been a problem. But, But before we dive in too deep. I wanted to talk about, uh, they were talking about this on the broadcast. What, what are you going to do on your all-star break? Uh, all these other guys are going to like Turks and Caicos, Mexico, Florida. What do you plan on doing? Cause I can tell you what I'm going to be doing.
1: What am I doing? Dog, dog I start school in two days. I'm going, <laughs> back, I'm going back to college. I don't get an all-star break. This was my all-star break.
0: Yeah, this is, this is where we're at. I, I get to go back to work on Tuesday. So unlike a lot of the abs players, uh, we will be working hard. Um, but yeah, like you said, the uh, the third periods have become a little bit of a problem. Uh, Nathan McKinnon talked about it a little bit after, and I'm. I, did you see what he said? His post game reaction about it. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where like I kind of agree with him, but also to a point. Like it looks like in the third period, the Avs just forget how to play hockey in these past three games.
1: Yeah, it's very weird, and the. I guess we can really talk about the Ducks game here because it applies a lot more to the Ducks game than the Blues game. But the Blues game also kind of exacerbates that problem because it was very close to being the exact same problem against the Ducks. Just for in case you're somehow not aware, the abs were up three to one pretty late in the second period. They give up one towards the very end. It's three to two. Not a big deal. It's the Ducks. You know, you can you can hold on to a one goal lead, even bury a couple more. Right. Uh, not the case this time. The Ducks bury two goals very quickly, part part of the way through the third period, and the Abs. A lot of bad luck goes their way, but against the Ducks, it's really hard to use that as an excuse. You know, and, and everyone's saying all the right things after the game. You know, it was embarrassing, and you know we fell asleep, we gave up. I mean, they always have the right quotes after these kind of games happen, but. Now you look at the teams that they have lost to so far this season. They have lost to the Arizona Coyotes, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Vancouver Canucks twice. And now you can add the Anaheim Ducks to that list. I That is an impressive resume for all the wrong reasons. I would love to see a team that is anything like that.
0: Yeah, no, there isn't another team like that. Maybe the Maple Leafs. Maybe the Maple Leafs.
1: The, the Maple Leafs have lost like big, specifically to like the Senators and the Coyotes, but we have like five teams on that. Yeah. I don't think it, even they are on that part. Yeah,
0: it's, it's definitely weird because it's – it's. I don't know why it keeps happening against these teams. You can pretty much book it. Whenever we play one of these bad teams, the Avs are probably going to sleepwalk their way through it. And I'm sure there's a ton of excuses you could make where it's like – oh, they're just aren't taking a team lightly. I, I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, we, those teams are still professional hockey players. right? And they're playing for the next contract. And for the case of the Ducks, some of those guys are trying to get traded to a legitimate team with playoff aspirations. They're going to try. They aren't just going to quit. And you have to play your system and execute perfectly, not perfectly, but you have to execute if you're going to win those games. And um, the execution in this Ducks game was good for about, 38 minutes of the game yeah
1: it was pretty damn near flawless for the first portion of the game I mean you had a pretty pretty bad goal given up by Frankie early on but outside of that I mean the Avs were up 30 to 10 in shots they were up three to one after a pair of goals in the second period I mean Miko Rantanen just had an absolute missile on that power play goal and then with less than four minutes left you're up three to one and I'm Already here, like, okay, we're barely even going to talk about this game on the next episode. Like, what's there even going to be to say? We're taking care of business right now. And then you get that late one from Vitrano, Just, again, not a great one from Frankie, but someone needs to clean out Vitrano on the side of the net. Someone needs to get him out of there. And then in the third period, I mean, we talked about this against Washington. They were not there. They got away with it against the Caps big time because Georgiev bailed them the hell out. This game against the Ducks, it was almost baffling to watch because you just saw them play really well for two periods, had two little things go against them. Outside of that, they were running this team that has no business playing with them out of the building, and it just completely changed everything they were doing right against the Ducks. They just kind of stopped, and they got away with it for 10 minutes, and then in the span of about 25 seconds, all of a sudden, the Ducks were winning.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I think the story of this game, too, is is Frankie was not good in this game. Like, y- you do need your goalies to bail you out every once in a while, i.e. what your has done against St. Louis uh, and what he did against Washington. Frankie let in some softies in this game. It- it's still not explainable for how you performed in front of him, but you've got to make some of those saves. Right. Like you just absolutely have to like that one that mctavish scored to give him the lead that, that's got to be a save. like that, that, th- that there's that no ifs ands or buts about it that
1: just can't happen and you look at these last three games if we don't get good goaltending in the other two we're having the exact same conversation we're about bad third periods and blown leads because georgiev in both of those games made some massive saves to keep those leads against the caps he had a bunch of big glove saves, a bunch of mad scrambles. And in that third period, which we'll get to against the blues, there was a bunch of scrambles, a bunch of glove saves. If you're not getting good goaltending, you're not winning those games. And not to not to pick on Frankie, because he has been good and sometimes goalies just it's just not their night. This was not the night for Frankie. And if he could have just made one more save, just just the one more save on McTavish, the one you brought up, you get a point out of this game at least. And it's not great, but it looks a lot better, and you can stomach that a lot more than giving up four unanswered goals to a team that is actively trying to lose. We just had this conversation two weeks ago. The The Chicago one, to me, it's a different animal because that was combined with everything else that had been going wrong lately, and then you saw them just kind of get outworked for 60 minutes. This is one where it's like, you underestimated your opponent, and you're not, you're, i pretty well expected that they were going to beat the blues. It did not change my opinion on the team. If anything was more frustrating, it's like this just broke your six game winning streak. Like we all know that you're better than this. This is not like an overarching thing. Like, are they going to make the playoffs? Like you gave up.
0: Yeah. We're going to look back on this and like, we're going to look back on the year. And if the abs don't get home ice in the first round and be like, yep, you can just circle those five losses to those bottom seller teams. And we'll be like, yep, that'll be the reason why.
1: These losses add up quickly. When you look at the, all the teams that I have mentioned, where you've given up two points to the Coyotes, to the Ducks, to the Flyers, you've given up four to the Blackhawks, or not the Blackhawks, to the Canucks. You give up two to Chicago. I had them out of order for some reason. <laughs> I, I mean, ironically, a topical for this episode, if we're including the Flyers in that list, you have to include the Blues too, because they're tied in points, in points percentage. So you've given up two points to the Blues, for just for the sake of conversation here and to be fair. Those will add up. And especially right now, you look at the Jets. They've been losing some games recently. They're currently down 2-0 to the Flyers. They lost another game uh, two nights ago. Even just those two points against the Ducks makes that deficit a little more surmountable coming out of the
0: break. It does, and it makes you feel a lot better. But it, it was, to get back to the Ducks game, like, it's one of those things where like that third period, like once they went down, I, I thought they got back to what they were doing so well in the first two periods. And you had, how many posts did we hit? Did we count how many posts we hit in that third period? It had to have been at least four. At It least. was crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they also had some bad luck in this game, but like I said, not an excuse against no. the Aheim Ducks, but there were several instances where it's like post post incredible Gibson save and also off the post, another incredible Gibson save. And another thing is, is like, when you have a team like the Ducks, that's full of a lot of young talent, that's having a bad season, when they're going up against the defending champs and they have just scored three unanswered goals to take the lead, it's going to be really hard to get that back because that's the hardest they're going to try all season. Because, yeah, you know, the, they, these, the players want to win, but obviously they're not really constructed to do that right now. They want a signature moment. And again, much like the Blackhawks from a couple of weeks ago, this is their signature moment of the season coming back on the road in Colorado against the defending champs. It's not just like, oh, we can start pushing and just start scoring three goals on them, like maybe in the first period. But those guys are trying now because they want this one.
0: You can already book like whatever coach wants to like give this team like a third period rally. It's like, hey, boys. We're in it with the defending cup champions go out there and win this game. That's just built in motivate. Like it's the easiest pep talk that a, that a coach can give right now. It's he doesn't even have to
1: give it like everyone just knows like it's the easiest motivation a team's ever going to get defending champs in their building. You're only down one. All you need is one. We can drag this thing to overtime and who knows from there. Once the McTavish goal goes in that bench is going berserk. This is their cup. Like this is, what it's all about for them right now. They can lose every game for the rest of the season and they'll look back on this fondly. Yeah, they will.
0: And it was it was crazy. And we talked about it on the, the emergency podcast, but John Gibson, I don't know what it is like what his vendetta against the Abs is, but he has been an absolute ass goaltender all year. But every time he plays the Abs, you can book him just dragging and willing his team to keeping that game close. Some of the saves he made were just ludicrous like that one on logan o'connor late in the third like he literally saved it with his toe his toe made the save
1: he made it with his toe and then it went off the post and that still stayed out because the thing is is like i don't even think gibson was that good in this game i mean he was he was good i mean he obviously made some huge saves to give keep the ducks in the lead but we were up three to one at that point and just post 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 in the third period and he made a couple of big saves, but even then, that like, that's what makes this even more frustrating. Is like, yeah, we got goalied a little, but even just with a little bit of luck our way. This game goes differently.
0: But again, you shouldn't need that. Shouldn't need that. And it was one of those games where I I think we look back on it, like you said, the Chicago one's different because we got outworked that entire game. Yeah. This it, one it, is it was more like
1: frustrating. like seventh, seventh loss in our last eight, which is yeah. like very Reasonable frustration. This was this was a one-off. This is sandwiched in between a six-game winning streak and another win right after this. It's a very different beast.
0: Yeah, and it's a very frustrating one because, like you said, goalies goalies make mistakes. They they have bad games. Like remember Darcy Kemper like really struggled for what seemed like a, a good stretch near the end, um and and in the beginning. And in the beginning, Frankie has been fantastic. I don't think this is like indicative of how he's going to play. He's, it, it just happens, man. Like, you, jo- jo- Georgiev's going to have one of those games here eventually, too. Like, it just, yeah, that when you must. play it, when you play as many games as these guys do, there's going to be nights where you have a stinker. Frankie had a stinker. The guys in front of him fell asleep and he couldn't bail them out. Yeah. So, um, that loss stings. It would have been real nice to come in here and talk about an eight game win streak, but seven of the eight is still a pretty good stretch of hockey. Yeah.
1: I mean, it it could be a lot worse. I mean, the team that the Avs beat today or tomorrow or yesterday, not tomorrow. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be something. Yesterday, by the time you're listening to this tomorrow, when you're listening to this. There you go. The Blues lost 5 nothing to the Arizona Coyotes on the same night. The Calgary Flames lost 5-1 to the Chicago Blackhawks. So we didn't really lose a ton of ground. The The Wild beat the Flyers in overtime that same night, but got dragged to overtime by the Flyers, but got both points out of it, which pushed just pushed us back. Now we are back in third, so it's probably just going to be that tug of war for a little bit unless the they lose this game to the Sabres that's happening right now. Sabres just scored an early goal to make it one nothing. good news for us. But I mean, it could have been a lot worse considering. But still, my main gripe with this, it, I think it just extends beyond the game itself, beat the bad teams, like yeah. giving up these kind of points. Like It happens. Every team in the NHL, every season has a bad loss to a bad team. They right, five. <laughs> yeah. right now no other team in the nhl especially a good one has this kind of resume against the bad teams at the moment where you have given up an uncomfortable amount of points and when we're sitting here after game 82 looking at the playoff matchups and everything and you're three points behind dallas for the top spot in the central you're gonna look at these games and been like man if you just beat the ducks if you just beat the canucks one more time we're talking about home ice in the first round because yeah. it's going to be a battle the rest of the way. Even still we've won seven of the last eight and we are still barely clinging to a playoff spot currently at the moment. It's depending on the wild losing this game as to whether or not we're going to go into the all-star break in a playoff spot.
0: No, I think we still do because they will be ahead of Calgary. That's Cause true. We have, yeah. yeah. Cause we have games in hand on Calgary points percentage yeah. wise. So yeah, I mean, it's, you look back on it we're 9 points back at Dallas right now with 3 games in hand compared to where we were 2 weeks ago it's it's looking a lot better um but you, i agree with you we're going to look back on these games and be like how the fuck did we drop 10 points to these teams and it's going to it's going to be funny but overall like w- that loss is a shitty one and like i hate thinking about it because there were a lot of moments where the Avs could have easily won that game if just the puck bounces a different way, but like you said, that shit happens every once in a while. It does, and when you don't uh, execute your process to the third period, you don't get your forecheck going. You can't clear the puck. Like it's it's tough. There was one more thing I wanted to touch on in this game. Um, Sam Gerard may be back. He he may be back, um, and by back I mean being a solid NHL defenseman. I'm not saying he's going to go back to Norris like candidate that he was before COVID. Um but I would say that um that Sam Girard is playing some of the best hockey he's played in a while.
1: Yeah, definitely at least since the COVID shortened season. Sam Girard's been playing some pretty solid hockey as of late, maybe not on the penalty kill, but he's picked up a, a lot of assists in his last couple of games. He scores a nice goal here uh against the Ducks and picks up a, I I believe another one against the the Blues or another point. Yeah, player. an assist. He picked up the assist on the comp for goal in the first period. I mean, Sam Gerrard's quietly been been cooking a little bit lately. He's been putting up some nice numbers.
0: Yeah, he has, and here's the thing. When Byram and Manson are back, Gerrard's not going to be on the penalty kill anymore. And you so, know what
1: the nice thing is? like This game against the Blues could have been the final game where those two are not in the lineup.
0: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, but – I did want to give Sam Girard his praise because that dude gets a ton of hate and he's he's been playing some good hockey recently, at least offensively and defensively is better. When Bednar's giving him compliments, you know that Bednar's liking what he's doing. And get him off the PK. He's not a PK type of player, but given our situation with our defensemen, he's had to have been one lately. But um I am. Uh, I wanted to give Sam Girard a little bit of shine because he he deserves it with how he's been playing, especially in this Ducks game.
1: Yeah. Another player I want to give some shine to that will get some more shine when we talk about the Blues, Matt Nieto. Oh, yeah. In two games, and I don't know how I have lived my life without Matt Nieto on the abs for so long. I love this guy. He's so good. He fits in perfectly with this team. He your spoiler alert, Matt Nieto picks up the empty netter against the Blues. But even in this Ducks game, even early on, he had a big chance early. He picked up an assist early on as well. He was making stuff happen all night against the Ducks. And against the Blues, He he's just playing some real solid hockey. Just consistent minutes. That is what we have needed in the bottom does, six for so long. It's just some consistency.
0: Does he not remind you of like a poor man's Arturi Lekinen?
1: Yeah, kind of. I mean, that's maybe why I love him so much. He reminds me of Lekanen. He reminds me of Val. Just he goes out there and you know what you're getting from Matt Nieto on every shift. You know, he's just he's going to work his tail off. He's not the most skilled player on earth, but goddamn, he's just going to work hard and he just makes things happen.
0: Yeah, he makes things happen. If he had the skills of Arturo Leykaden, he wouldn't have been a third liner. But he's he's been he's filled in on the the second line, and he's been good ever since he ever since he played in those two games. Yeah, so
1: it's it looks like he never left. It looks like he's been playing all season. Yeah, he, he fits right in,
0: and he has a sweet mustache, which I think just adds so much flair to his game. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Matt has been great. There were a lot of good things that happened in that Ducks game, but unfortunately it's going to be marred by the fact you gave up four straight goals to the Ducks uh, because y- you just can't have that. You just can't have it. So do you have anything else about that Ducks game you wanted to talk about, or should we move on to the uh, the f- more fun game that we, that we have to talk about?
1: Yeah, we can move on to the Blues stuff. I mean, with the Ducks outside of the, the blown lead, things were pretty business-like up until that. It was like 30 yeah. to 10 in shots. That That's a game you should win, plain and simple at the end of the day so my thing is after bad losses you always have a chance to bounce back the thing about hockey there's always a game at least a day later two days later you always have a chance to shake it off and get back in it and against the blues this was a very stressful game and it didn't need to be because the avalanche early on were running them out of the building and like, I, w- I was writing in my notes and during this game, because that's the thing I do now as a podcaster. <laughs> I like to take notes so that I might know what I'm talking about into the microphone that a bunch of people listen to for some reason. And in my notes, I'm writing down, like, this is not the Blues team we played in the playoffs. This is too easy. And I just wrote in parentheses next to that, like, shut up, don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah. but this, especially early on in this game, like, the Blues were almost making it too easy i want to say like they are a, a weird team right now because you can see they're they're okay when they're trying but for some reason they cannot start hockey games
0: no it's it's very shocking and like you said earlier they lost five nothing to arizona on the road uh before they they came and played the abs they had gone what like a hundred and like 10 minutes without scoring a goal before yeah, they scored late like, in the second um, period
1: like I- they showed it was like 115 minutes when they showed the stat. I don't actually have the exact yeah. what it ended up being, but it was the third straight game. They were down three to nothing.
0: Which is crazy because like you said, like we both, like, I think we both were pretty high on the blues at the start of the year because really the only player they lost was Perron and Huso. Those were like yeah. the only players they lost.
1: Yeah. I mean, and- my thing about the blues was like, well, you didn't really add anything, but you still have a lot of depth. Like I, th- I think I said, like, I think I said either they were like the second or third best team in the West coming into the season.
0: I think we both said that. And yeah. then we both were shocked by the analytics being like, yo, this team stinks. Yeah. And the analytics have improved proven right once again. Uh, because yeah, those like nerds. you said, they, yeah, those nerds, <laughs> the, the blues, I don't know what it is. Like they went three, nothing down to the, the Sabres. They fought back in that game, made that game close, uh, but ultimately lost. And then they got shit kicked by, by the Coyotes, which the Coyotes are a sneaky, sneaky team, man. Like they, 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 They're they, frisky. I, I wouldn't say sneaky. They're frisky. Yeah. They'll, they'll catch you napping every now and again. Yeah. And then they come out against the Avs. And like you said, for the first 30 minutes of this game, the Avs made it look easy. It looked like this game was going to be a blowout. And uh, the one compliment I'll give Jordan Bennington is he, he made some good saves to keep this game close yeah. in that game.
1: Also, this, also gave up some very, very juicy rebounds.
0: Yeah, very juicy rebounds. But he also made some saves that were Pretty important, um, because the Avs could have been up like 5 nothing in this game. They really could have, and it wouldn't have even been close, but he made some big saves, and like we kind of alluded to, the late in the second period, uh, the Avs get called for a bullshit penalty, like an absolute bullshit penalty. Uh, Jordan Bennington being the – what's the proper way to say this? The bitch he is?
1: Douchebag, um, asshole
0: yeah just general logan.
1: fucking nuisance it,
0: it's like you you list that on like a survey and you could just check the box that says all the above right. um he takes exception to it for logan o'connor i feel like he didn't really logan o'connor didn't really do anything like he yeah. was trying to hit a rebound in and <laughs> bennington goes and like shoves in his face goes up against the boards and like oh i'm such a fucking tough guy like he, oh he, he didn't
1: even shove him it was Toropchenko who shoved him and then when McDermott had his back turn, he gave him, like, a little soft push and then, like, immediately evaporated yeah. backwards.
0: Like, it, it's just... He's the fakest tough guy in the NHL. And I love what Georgiev did. Did it not remind you of what Grubauer did in that first playoff game a couple of years ago where he, like, oh, skated yeah. all the way down? Like, Georgiev was fucking ready to go. And yeah. that is probably the picture of the year, is Georgieff at center ice just staring down. Like, that is an awesome picture. Um, but... I Like Jordan Bennington, I, we talked about this a little bit off air. He has probably the most like narcissism and like self, uh, like just like he thinks he's better than he is because he won one Stanley cup and he expects that people should treat him the way that a Stanley cup champion should be treated. It's just, I don't. You don't really see players act like this, not even
1: just goalies. Like even you look at like your Ryan Reeves of the world and everything like they serve a purpose, like they make other people act like that. They don't really act like that themselves. Jordan Bennington just just the strangest temper tantrums of all time over nothing. And like he's like giving it to the crowd and everything. And it's just it's such weird behavior. Like it's just what I always call him. He's a dork like he's just <laughs> he is a jerk like just what are you doing dude like yeah. it's so embarrassing like even your coach has had to tell you to shut your goddamn mouth at yeah. certain points this season cuz you're getting everyone in trouble cuz it's like the fourth time he's done something this year where he just starts shit and evaporates and one of these days he's going to start a fight that he can't get away from. And, and some refs can't gonna, save him. Yeah. Someone is going to drag his ass to the ground and punch him in the face. And whoever does it first is going to be the most liked player in hockey for the next 72 hours.
0: Oh yeah. They'll probably lead fanatics and Jersey sales, but like, does he forget that like Alexander Georgiev, like, Broke Tony D'Angelo's jaw. Like, like your gift knows how to throw a punch.
1: Like, well, well, Bennington didn't even look at him because he oh, had, he wants none of that smoke. Like, even
0: though he was talking to him afterwards
1: from a a significant distance, yeah. like enough distance that both refs would be able to get there in time to save him. It's just, man, you are just such a little fucking
0: rat, aren't you? He's just a crybaby man. Like he's. Here's the thing is like Brad Marchand is like by far the number one rat in the league, but Brad Marchand's a good hockey player. Brad like, Marchand
1: like won a Stanley cup in his rookie season is hit a hundred points multiple times. One of the most consistent players in the NHL, hate him all you want. He's fantastic. Yeah. Jordan, he's Bennington, a rat, but he's good. He is a rat and I hate his guts when he plays hockey, but he's a really good hockey player. Jordan Bennington is, is he not the most like mediocre goaltender on the planet? And even that is remarkably generous most of the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could probably list like 15 goaltenders better than him right now. And you probably could get close to 20.
1: Like if, if you're starting a team from scratch, you do not touch Jordan Binnington in that no. contract. You can't win with that. Because what? He's six by six, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. If it's not that, it's pretty close. I don't have it exactly in front of yeah. me. I'm not going to look because I'm I'm in the zone right now. I'm not cutting away <laughs> to look at that. But with Jordan Binnington, like he won the Stanley Cup in his rookie season with the Blues, that Blues team that was in last place in January. We've all heard the stupid story. And sometimes with rookie goalies that come into the league, there's not a lot of tape on how to beat them. And that was the same thing with Matt Murray all those years ago when he won the two cups with the Penguins is like there's not a lot of eventually guys pick up on tendencies of goalies like shoot glove, shoot low, blah, blah. Jordan Bennington was a merchant of that in his, his early run. And even then that blues team was good enough that they didn't need that great of goaltending. Cause it gets forgotten because they won the cup. He wasn't always great in that playoff yeah. run. There there were some times where he was getting, getting lit up a little bit, but that blues team was really deep and had a pretty good amount of talent. It was baffling that they were in last place. Well, you know why? Cause they couldn't get a save from anybody. Bennington, all you had to do was make saves and he's parlayed that into one of the most ridiculous goalie contracts in the NHL. And now you look at this team this season, it's like he's okay most nights. And then other times he's a 429. And yeah. and like there's other nights where it's like he's an 800. And like in this game, at this point in the game, it's 3 nothing. Like you've been getting killed. You've given up two juicy rebounds for those first two goals. And I'll cut him some slack on the third one because the Blues made that really easy. Yeah. But, like, just get out of here, dude. And you know what the part that makes me the most upset? fucking
0: worked. He got rewarded for it. It did. I was just about to say that. Like, I I still don't know how fucking Logan O'Connor got a second penalty on that. Like, I I don't know how he did.
1: I've watched the replay. I don't see the slash that they called. I just – I don't understand how that whole scrum happens. I don't, like – I don't even think we should have gotten a power play out of it. Like that's just matching minors across the board. You get people in the box and you tell everyone just go cool off for a couple minutes, not even four on four. Just tell people to go screw off for a little bit. Do what you do in the playoffs. No no sense to be calling an extra penalty on the abs. There was one to nothing in power plays at that point. You can get your makeup call somewhere else. So after that whole scrum that Bennington starts and in completely fans the flames of for like that entire two minutes that was happening, the Blues get a power play out of it. And of course they score on it and it changes the entire game. What is going to stop Jordan Bennington from doing this in the future? Nothing. He's going to do it again
0: because it works. Yeah, I completely agree. And it was, I I, I was shocked. Coach Bednar said he was shocked. Like It was just, everyone was like, I don't know how that happens.
1: For Jared Bednar, that is him. dead. That's, that's heavy criticism. That is the equivalent of him like just dropping f bombs and saying yeah. these guys are a fucking joke in the press conference. For him to use the word shocked is like whoa. Now Jared, he's getting a little. He's upset. upset. Yeah. Like and even had Kale on the ice talking to the refs, being like, "I I don't know how we're coming out of this a man down." Like that just the the thing about it is, I didn't realize we were on the penalty kill until thirty seconds into it. Yeah. I, I didn't even think to look because that doesn't make any sense. And no, I, just looked, I looked up to see how much time was left in the peers. Like, what? Wait, why are we on the penalty? What happened? And I just, <laughs> O'Connor for slashing. I watched the replay. I, I didn't see it. Like, it just, I'm not convinced it happened.
0: Yeah, me either. But like you said, it changed the game. It did. And like Bennington's antics worked in that situation. They get the power play, they score. Braden Shin gets a, uh, a nice tapping goal i mean there was nothing your gift could do on that one like he makes the save originally shen's wide open in front like that's the one downside like the abs do that diamond formation on the penalty kill but that leaves the front of the net i feel like wide
1: open yeah and sam gerard's not the guy you should be putting there no. in that situation and once you get manson and byram back gerard's gonna be out of that spot and like gerard like it's so easy to point at him and be like it's yeah, that's, that's his fault like, i just I don't like that formation. I never have. I'm not a coach. I'm not going to suggest anything different. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, you leave the white, like I get on some teams, like maybe on like McDavid and Ovechkin, like that, that diamond formation kind of works. But the blues don't have that sniper right now. Like they just don't. Like it would make sense just to do the box because then you have two defenders down low. And hopefully that second defender could have tied up Shen right there. Um so I, like you said, we're not coaches. We're not even smart enough to probably be like wee coaches, but
1: we're, we're to not, me, we're not even media members. Like, yeah. We're just two dudes.
0: Yeah. To me, the diamond formation is just a weird thing against a, like against some teams. It makes sense, but against the, against the blues without like a sniper, it it, it kind of was confusing to me. So yeah, I mean, it, that goal ultimately changes the entire outlook on the game. Sam Gerrard late in that second period. Was it the second period they took that delay game?
1: Yeah, it was It was yeah. right after that. We, only, we had to kill basically two penalties back to back.
0: Yeah, so it changes the whole complexion of the game. Uh, they kill that one off. The Blues don't even look dangerous on that one. And we go into the third period, and it's just, like you said, it was kind of a repeat of the Anaheim one. The The Blues just came out and fucking... Put their pedal to the metal in that third period.
1: Yeah, I think actually before we get to the third period, I would I do want to talk about some of the positives of. Oh yeah, on. and because that the third period is going to take up a lot of time, I don't want to just bury like the good stuff in the back. So starting at the beginning of this game, I mean the abs were kicking the crap out of them. They hit McKinnon probably put like a foot foot wide dent in the post on one of those shots, and then the birthday boy, Alex Newhook, turning twenty two today. The kid, as I can call him, because I'm older than him somehow, he scores his 12th goal this season on a beautiful setup from Logan O'Connor off that beautiful off-the-boards pass, taking the hit to make the play. Beautiful drag by Alex Newhook. He picks up his own rebound, puts it right underneath Bennington. So good to see him just just keep going and continue to be so valuable in that depth role. And I I didn't see a lot of people talk about it, but Logan O'Connor, he's been looking
0: good. Like he's, he's been looking real good. And like I said, but he can't score, but he's getting close. But like you said, Alex Newhook, uh, set a franchise record, like the most obscure franchise record. The only Avs player to score two goals on his birthday. Yeah.
1: Consecutive Um, goals on his birthday.
0: Yeah. Consecutive goals. I don't know if it'll ever be broken. Who knows? I mean, Alex Newhook's in the record books forever now. So, um, like you said, I mean, Newhook's been playing some damn good hockey, uh, Logan O'Connor has been good. Like that was a great play by O'Connor to get that set up too. Like, he 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 won a puck battle, gets his new hook. New hook doesn't give up on the play, continues to pursue. And I don't know about you, but I definitely thought he missed the net at first. Because you, you didn't see the puck leave the ice. It was just uh-huh. on the ice. And I was like, wait, did he score? Like, I sure hope he fucking scored. <laughs>
1: It was the kind of play where I was like, oh, if he picks up that rebound, he's definitely going to score on that. So just just the way he was moving, it was just the kind of thing, like you saw the whole thing develop, and you're like, yeah, that has to go in at that point. It was a great finish from New Hook, who just has a whole brand of confidence right now. Again, 12 goals on the season. Like, we really have given this guy some crap so far this season. And he is, I think, fourth on the team in goals. If you're counting McKinnon and McCarr is tied at third, he's – Tied, he's fourth on the team in goals at the moment.
0: The thing is, is he finally has for the first time in what seems like forever consistent line mates. Yeah. Like I think that's been the biggest thing for him is he's been playing with the same guys now for a while. And they were trying to find the role for him and they they couldn't find one. And now they've found the players. Like he works really well with Logan O'Connor and Andrew Carglano. He just does. I don't-, I don't know what it is, but he works really well with them.
1: Yeah, I think very specifically, like he works really well with Logan O'Connor most of the time. Like I maybe it's just Logan O'Connor's way to win puck battles on the boards like he did on this goal and Newhook's ability to get open. Those two are peanut butter and jelly right now. They just work real well together. And until there's a reason to split them up, like you you really shouldn't. Like if anything, that is the the conversation about getting a, a second line center, is you I don't think you want to move New Hook up at the moment. And you don't want to mess with that right now because it's given you such great options in your depth that there's you just don't need to do anything.
0: No, I completely agree. And the way he's playing, he's I'm not going to say he's going to guarantee you get to 20 goals, but he has a very, very good shot right now to get he's to on, 20
1: goals. He's on pace at the very least.
0: Yeah. So that's all you can ask for out of him. And I, I think we said at the beginning of the season, if you got 25 goals out of Alex Newhook, you'd be fucking ecstatic. And it hasn't come in the way we thought it was going to but he's still producing and giving us that depth scoring which we've desperately needed
1: yeah it's what we've needed out of new hook it's what we've needed out of the depth and it, like if logan o'connor was just a little bit luckier this guy would have five goals this month easily oh, yeah. at the very least he'd have five goals in like the last five games he's been playing such good hockey lately it's such a shame that he just can't find the back of the net lately cuz he's getting close and if he keeps playing this way he's he's going to get rewarded he's going to find a puck just bounce right to him on a rebound he's just going to put yeah. it into a wide open net and then the floodgates are going to open for him he's playing too well for this to continue past more than 35 games this goal that's
0: crazy to think hard. about I mean, it just shows you how hard it is to score in the NHL <laughs> yeah
1: but he had a multi-point night tonight. He picks up another assist on the, the next JT Comfer goal, which came just about two minutes later. Again, great play by Sam Gerrard to set the whole thing up. Comfer's right there to cash in on the rebound. His 10th of the season, he's going to crush his his season highs because, of course, it's a contract year. And the Avs, they're looking real good at this point. They're up 2-0. Before
0: you move on, that, that play that Ben Myers made on that goal, too, was beautiful. Winning that puck battle 2-on-1 was a great play by Ben Myers. Yeah. followed up later in the game by a not so great play, but I wanted to give him a shine for that play. Cause he, he he made a great play on
1: that. One. We're, we're going to give him a shout out later too, for yeah. different reasons. So we better keep it fair. But at this point, the abs are up two to nothing. Georgiev makes a huge save bout partway through the first period to keep it to nothing in the abs. Like they looked really good in this first period. Like we talked about the blues really did not. And before this whole Bennington incident in the late in the second period, the the Blues didn't even have like a shot attempt in the first like eight or so minutes of the second period. Like usually like sometimes oh, teams are held without a shot, like the abs were in the third period. The Blues didn't even have an attempt so far and McCarr to McKinnon Rodriguez. They stretch Bennington all the way out right into a wide open net. Get Evan Rodriguez, a contract extension. This guy is just a perfect av. I cannot, I cannot believe we got him when we did in August, he just went, unsigned for so long just i'm i'm never gonna get over that like he's such a good player and he was just sitting there waiting for us whenever we were ready to grab him he's such a perfect addition to this team and nathan mckinnon is just so generous right now that man is dishing out apples like no other at the moment 41 assists for mckinnon so far in the season in 37 games he's got 54 points it's even with the injuries he's it's gonna be close but I he's definitely gonna get a hundred, right?
0: Oh yeah. Once the goals start coming for him, he, he's he's gonna get a hundred. Like he, he's gonna get it. So yeah, I mean he's dishing out like they were showing like the league leaders and assists, and I saw McKinnon up there, I was like, holy fuck, like I didn't even realize he had that many assists. I mean, when you really
1: think about it, like you look at the stat sheets every night, and McKinnon's on them almost every single yep. night. We're talking about he ha- he hasn't scored a goal in a hot minute, but probably since was it since the Ottawa game? I or think. Or he score so. in
0: Detroit? Did he score against I- Detroit?
1: I just clicked off of it, so I can't really tell you that. Yeah, But right now, like assist leaders, Kucherov at 52. That's surprising that McDavid's not leading. McDavid at 49, Eric Carlson at 49, Dreisaitl 45, Morrissey 43, and then he's tied with Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, and Dahlin at 41, ahead of Marner and Quinn Hughes at 40.
0: Pretty impressive from a guy who missed a month of hockey, so... (laughs) Um. Yeah. I mean, McKinnon that, that play makes is great. That play by Arturi Leyknen just to drive the middle. Just another thing that won't show up on the stat sheet, but Arturi Leyknen makes the right play. Um. And Everon Rodriguez, that's probably one of the easier goals he'll score score all year. Um. I th- the I thing is,
1: Rod- I thought Rodriguez would be one of those guys that just like has trouble scoring when at least when he has an open net, he shoots it most of the time.
0: Yeah, he does. He I think he led the team in shots today. I want to oh, say he did. So, so yeah. I mean, it, it's just. It's really good hockey out of that top line. Um, and like Rodriguez, like you said, like I don't know why he hasn't been re-signed. I imagine he's probably going to get a pretty big oh, decent contract.
1: Yeah. I'm just, I'm saying that for hyperbole. They're good yeah.
0: Like he's, he's going to sign a big contract. I don't know if it's going to be with the Avs. Um, I hope it is, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I think the reason why he didn't is because, like why he didn't get signed is because he had that great start last year. But then once all the Penguins players came back, he kind of dwindled. But like what Ray Ferraro was saying on the broadcast, like he needs to play with the top players and he's going to produce. When you put him with players who aren't capable of setting him up, he's not going to score a ton of goals.
1: Right. And even one of the things I looked into with Erod right when we signed him is like you would expect like, oh, well, his goals dropped down after that hot start and everything. Nothing else did. If anything, he was in some cases better than he was during his hot stream. Like his his defense was spectacular. He was a great playmaker. It's like, yeah, well, he's playing with like Drew O'Connor instead in Pittsburgh out there. I always get those two mixed up. I almost I almost <laughs> said I almost said Logan had of instinct, but I stopped myself. But yeah, I mean, what, look, what I do not and I just did it, what Rodriguez, <laughs> what Rodriguez was doing in Pittsburgh was playing the role that he was given. He was given the role of a bottom six guy that just don't let in any goals. And he would take a lot of shots. He would t- shoot a lot of shots for rebounds. That's why his shooting percentage was sh- so low in Pittsburgh is that like his job would be just shoot it and see if you can get one of the guys to, to bang in a rebound and just play smart hockey. And that's all he did. He scored some big goals in that playoff series against the Rangers as well. He's just, he's a smart hockey player and he knows what to do. And when you put him with a guy like Nathan McKinnon or Miko Rantanen or both sometimes, he just, he knows what to do. He knows what role to play. He knows how to get open. He knows how to give them enough space to let them do their thing. He's just such a good complementary player to a team like the Avs because he doesn't get in the way, but he adds things in his own way.
0: He does. And I think that's his greatest attribute. So um that that was, it was a good, good second period from the abs. It got marred by that late, late push by the blues and that bullshit penalty. But then we go to the third period and it all kind of, kind of goes, yeah, like it, it, it was, it wasn't great.
1: They've The most positive thing I'll say about it is it was their best third period this week. (laughs) Now, the thing about that is that that is a ridiculously low bar because their third period against the Caps, like we forget because we won that game. That stunk. That was a bad period. And the Ducks needs no introduction because we obviously just talked about it. This one had the potential to go really, really wrong. Georgiev saved them. And towards the end, they started to dig their way out of it. But early,
0: this was a fucking mess. Yeah, it, it was the definition of a mess. <laughs> like, um, They just the Blues like like what McKinnon said in his postgame presser where he's like, like teams are going to come out with a little bit of like jump. They're going to. And the Blues did that and they took advantage of it. They cycled the puck really well. The abs didn't get their first shot in the third period to what eight minutes left in the third period.
1: Yeah, and it was Newhook, too.
0: Yeah, it was Newhook. Um, but like you said, Georgiev made some fantastic saves to keep this game at 3-1. Um, and then the Avs get that power play for Rodriguez, once again, makes a great move, gets a tripping penalty. And then on that power play, they did a whole lot of fucking nothing on it. It was probably the worst power play in a while.
1: Yeah, th- that was the kind of power play where it's worst-case scenario because now you're talking about, how the Blues have been building this entire period. You have the opportunity to take some life out of the game. Even if you can't score, just make it dangerous and get some momentum back on your side. The Blues had better scoring chances on that power play than we did. And they kill it off big momentum the rest of the way that like, man, that is going to really hurt us here in a moment. Now the Blues have all the momentum and now Ben Myers just Handed the puck to Ivan Barbashev.
0: Yeah, and- it was really unfortunate because th- that was a good shift by that line. Like yeah. they were cycling the puck, and then Ben Myers just thought he was Nathan McKinnon or Kale yeah. McCarr for a second, and <laughs> leaves uh, not Kale McCarr, Devon to recover. It- it's Brad Hunt, and Brad Hunt's not catching up. to Ivan Barbashev.
1: He, he took a penalty, even realizing that yeah. not <laughs> Kale McCarr, and. Just still trying, gave up a breakaway just trying to give up just trying to give Georgiev as much of a chance as he can with his not exactly speedy legs and Barbashev, I mean, that's just a great shot there's not a lot of Georgiev can do on that just to, there's a lot of time left in this game at that point as the Blues make it three or two with still 10 20 to play in the game you're just like that's a lot of time and it's a the lot avs, time. the Avs are not playing well enough for me to be convinced that they're not going to blow this. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets. Instantly, if you're not a new customer, you can still feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to one hundred percent. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet just five dollars on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode.
0: The difference was is our is our goalie bailed us out. Unlike the Anaheim game, our, our goalie bailed us out, which is what Georgief has done all year. Um... But like you said, the, the abs in that later in the third period, they finally got some shifts. And I think they kind of spurred the momentum a little bit uh, because I, I want to say it was the comfort line with ranching and Nieto, They got a good cycle going, got a couple chances. And that really kind of swarted the momentum. And I wanted to ask you this, like in the end of the game where there's uh, that situation where the abs are up three to two, and then there's like three minutes of continuous play. Do you think that benefits the defense or the offensive players more? I mean, I think
1: it depends who has control at that point. Because if the offense has it in the zone the entire time, they're not going to be feeling too tired because they're they're dictating the play at that point. It's definitely going to benefit the offense more because more often than not, if the defense is in control, they're going to be switching and they're going to be out there and cycling, and so is everybody else.
0: Yeah, like it was just it was weird that that hasn't happened in a long time. I feel like because they're the the Blues pull their goalie with what probably like two minutes left in the game. It was, it was. I think it was even less than that.
1: I think it was like barely ninety seconds left. Yeah, and
0: it. for a minute, it's just continuous action where the abs were actually getting the puck out. They didn't really get a chance to score, but they were getting the puck out. I think they changed lines once or twice.
1: I I disagree. They were not getting the puck out all that well. In the no, I
0: mean, they got it
1: out. I mean, no, I no more than no more than usual.
0: Yeah, but like there wasn't really anything like super dangerous. I feel like there was. There was definitely a couple
1: I felt that were a little more dangerous than they needed to be, if not for Georgiev. It's just my eternal frustration with just how the fuck does that puck not get out of the zone, the bottom case, Brad Hunt, every single person on this team. Sometimes it's just bad luck as to like how the hell does that bounce even happen to just like, if you're going to throw the puck, just chuck the thing. Just get it. Take the icing. I'd prefer an icing to this. This is worse than icing. I was getting really frustrated towards the end of that game. Like, can we just please get this puck out of the zone?
0: Well, and Justin it, Falk made some incredible keeps at the exactly, at the blue line too. That's
1: exactly what I'm talking about. It's just like, how does that even happen? How do you yeah. do that? So like, I no, thinking,
0: he won't make those plays for the rest of the year. But he no, makes it, and no
1: the one outs. will because it's ridiculous the kind of plays he was making on the boards. Yeah. But they played well enough down the stretch that. They were still giving up chances, but it looked like a kind of normal late game situation where the the team that's trailing has a lot of momentum. And once Bennington was pulled, there was one instance where Georgiev had to make that big save with 15 seconds left. Other than that, I thought, I thought they looked pretty good. And then obviously you get the Matt Nieto empty net goal, his first goal in a while as an av to put it away with two seconds left. It's just he played well for most of that game. The Blues are a late starting team. And recently, for some reason, uh, we can only start games now. That was not the case a month ago. We could only end games. So it was a decent enough win that you held off a team that's been having a lot of these late game comebacks as a late after some really terrible starts. It could have been worse. You could have actually blown this and given up a point to the Blues who are, they're they're not really playoff contenders right now, but they're in it enough that you don't want to be giving them any points, especially yeah, they're, they're where,
0: teetering. They're teetering yeah. between bad and playoff contention.
1: Right. Cause like we're not going to be in this case towards the end of the season, but right now you really don't want to be given them too much. So it's good to come out of there with a regulation win. and I think good to go into the all-star break with this cause the cracks are starting to form. A little bit, especially with some injuries and the win streak starting to wind down a little bit. Probably good to go into the break here. Let everyone get healthy. We'll wait for some news on McKinnon. I think he's okay because he took that stinger in the closing seconds. I think I think he's all right. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, so he I don't I don't think anything will come of that. I also don't think he needs to say anything because we don't play for two weeks.
0: Well, and here's the thing: if that is anything, he's got us out for the All Star game.
1: Right. And then These guys out for the he'll, all-star he'll, game. Yeah. So, it's so funny because you could realistically say that McCarr could miss the all-star game just because like, oh, I'm hurt and whatever. Yeah. And then McKinnon could do the same. And then we end up with only and going, the one guy who could like actually use a break.
0: <laughs> the one guy who's played every game this season.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And it's good to come out of that with a win. Could have been a lot easier than that. But oh, yeah. at the end of the day, two points is two points. Right now you're up on Minnesota. Even if Minnesota wins this game, tied one one against the Sabres, you're still gonna be up on the Flames. Who I don't believe play before Wednesday. Mm, I would I see I, I will try to find that out. But also the Jets lost four nothing to the Flyers as I'm seeing that notification. That's before. good. So that's big for us, gaining some ground on them too. And now yeah, flames if, don't play. Okay. So no matter what, we will be in a playoff spot at at the all star break, which is important. Some people it are superstitious about that. Even if we weren't, we're, we're still going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So we'll be at worst, be tied with the Flames at 57 points and have the tiebreaker with
0: games in hand. Yeah. So that kind of leads into um, the All-Star break. I, I'm sure we'll talk about it more uh, as because we're going to have like no hockey to talk about for like two or three episodes. Um, but like, where do you think like rank this? first half of the season where, where are you at right now
1: you mean give him like a grade yeah or... give him a grade as a grade i mean when you really factor in these injuries i feel like a b is fair. Yeah, i was, I'm, was thinking b minus i'm th- i'm leaning between b minus and b i feel like b minus is fair though because yeah. like, like it, it's not a C. C is when you start to get into like I don't know, all that stuff. But when you factor in injuries and everything, what they had to deal with in December, but then you factor in that losing streak and then the winning streak, I feel like B minus. is The per-
0: winning streak pushed them to a B minus.
1: Yeah, if they, if they went 500 over the stretch, we're talking C. Yeah,
0: without a doubt. Because oh, ever since the Chicago game, we've been relatively healthy.
1: Yeah, we right? lost we've lost one game and it was a bad loss to the Ducks. Those losses will add up. But you won seven of eight after that game.
0: And it's going to be like you talked about. February is a not an easy month. <laughs> it's not an easy month.
1: There's not a lot of games, and none of them are particularly easy. I would say. So I can just quickly run through that. The easiest game in that month is probably the Blues. Yeah, the Blues or the Panthers. They're both on Saturday. You go into Florida and then into St. Louis on the next Saturday because. I've, I've probably gone through this schedule like 20 times on this show since the beginning of the season, but it is you don't play until February 7th against the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh and then Tampa Bay lightning in Tampa Stanley cup, final rematch. That'll get, that'll get some air. That's an ESPN game. Then you have going to Florida to play the Panthers, which was a very not fun game. The last time we yeah. played, them for some reason, these two teams just do not get along two days off. Then you're hosting Tampa after you played them only a few days earlier.
0: Before we As- go farther on that, what, what the fuck NHL? Why are you scheduling a game on Valentine's Day, you dickheads? Like no, that's, not, I, that's not where I thought you were going to go that. Like I, what am I supposed to do, man? <laughs> Hey, sorry, babe, the one day that you're supposed to go out, uh, we're going to watch the abs.
1: (laughs) You're you're looking at this from your perspective. You have to look at it through mine. Not Ah. everyone has something to do that day. And you know what? I appreciate
0: it. It's It's, so fucked up.
1: And I'm I'm thankful for and I'm thankful for them that I'm going to have something to distract me on the my favorite holiday of the year, Valentine's Day. And it's against Tampa, too. That'll be a lot of fun. No love lost between them.
0: Fuck you, NHL man! Like,
1: this is where we. This is where we're going to disagree on the show. I. uh, I think it's a brilliant move. No, I. I have no complaints.
0: Oh, you speak for yourself, man!
1: I. I will speak for myself because no one will. I'm looking around. There's no one here. (laughs) It's just me here.
0: Like it's just one of those things where it's like, hey. uh I know this is the one day we're supposed to have dates and like do all that fun stuff, but can we push it off to like the weekend? <laughs> the conversation's not going to go well, but babe, but babe, it, they're playing the lightning. It's a Stanley cup rematch. And she'll say, who cares? And I'll be like, to suck
1: you're kind of right. Who does
0: day. care? It's a Ray what? was game. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, too
1: suck. I say, poor you
0: Yeah, really poor me, but uh, yeah, sorry. I cut you off there. I just realized they're playing on Valentine's day and kind of shit my pants a little bit.
1: You know, you're all good, but anyway, you're playing Tampa. I, was, I, thought, I thought you were going to go with, why are we playing Tampa twice in the span of five days? That makes no sense to to have two Stanley Cup yes. final rematches that close together. You know, my brain wasn't going to, to Valentine's. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine why. But I I thought you were going to go, with, why are we playing Tampa twice in five days? Now I was going to go, you're right, Christian. That is silly. Why would we do that? Because that doesn't make a lot of sense. I I do think that's so. I think Stanley Cup Final rematches should be at the beginning and end of the season. Correct. You have one in October and you have one in March at the earliest, just to really test where those two teams are at. Because those are fun games. It's the final rematch. Like it's, right. Those are that it sells itself. You don't even have to do anything for that. And attitude.
0: we're not talking about like Toronto or Tampa Bay versus Montreal. Like we're talking about a good Stanley Cup Final.
1: Right. Then like they're not in the same division or anything. Like this is right. a final, this is a rematch that people are going to want to watch. And it's like, oh, I can watch it again five days later, just yeah. in other arena. But anyway, you have Tampa on the 14th. And then second half of a back. This is one of the wildest back-to-backs I've ever seen, literally, too. Because yeah. second half is the wild in Minnesota. That is crazy to have the lightning and the wild on back to back nights after two days off then have two days off again, and then you go into St. Louis, and oh, what's that? A second half of a back-to-back, you're playing the Oilers. And oh, you have four days off, and then it's another back-to-back where you're in Winnipeg the night before and coming back home to play Calgary. What the hell? This is the strangest month I've ever seen. It doesn't even end because on the 27th, you're at home playing the Golden Knights. And thank the Lord, that's not the second half of a back-to-back either for some reason. Like half of this month is back-to-backs. It's the strangest thing. We have 10 games the entire month. 40% of them are going to be on the second half of a back-to-back.
0: Love it. Just makes sense. I'm also looking at that February 14th. Why the fuck is the Panthers Blues the ESPN Plus game for that day?
1: For which day?
0: For the 14th against the Lightning the second game.
1: Well, I guess we have the Lightning on ESPN on the 9th, so it's like you can't have the same thing twice. I mean, whatever.
0: don't get me wrong, I'd rather watch the Altitude broadcast, but like what are we doing here? The Panthers and the Blues is your ESPN? Like do the Kraken and the Jets or the Bruins and the Stars? Those are good games.
1: The the way they do these games are just always very strange cuz sometimes they like they have the ESPN Plus game be like, the, like it was like the Caps and Penguins one time, yeah. and you can't watch it anywhere else. And then other times, it's like with this one, like you're saying now, where it's the the Panthers and the Blues, like who
0: really cares? Because here's the thing. It's not like the Kraken and the Jets are like pushing like the, because they're only allowed to play how many more like nationally televised games, like 12, yeah. I think. Like, well, it's, it's not like-, like the Kraken and the Jets are pushing that.
1: Yeah, well, even then, like, there's another game that, like, you have the Caps and the Hurricanes that same night. Like, that's probably a first round matchup right there. Oh, yeah. Like that's a that's a great matchup to have on national TV, but you know.
0: Yeah, who knows? That, that's just. But well, well, we can dive into that next week when we have nothing to talk about. But yeah, February is going to be a tough month for the Avs. Uh, they're in a good spot, I think. B minus is a fair grade for them uh, for where they're at. You get Byram and Manson back, hopefully, for that game against Pittsburgh. We'll talk about it more next week too, but I am a little nervous because last time we had a break, we were playing good hockey and then we came out of the break and played our worst hockey of the year. So I'm a little nervous for that, but reinforcements are on the way for the abs and we'll hopefully be able to um, field a full lineup. We didn't even talk about this because we've, there's so much going on. Val missed the game against the ducks. He missed the game against the blues. We didn't so, did
1: talk about that on the emergency. Pod. Oh,
0: we did talk about it on the emergency. You're right, but he missed the blues game. Um, Hopefully, it's just something that's little and he'll be fine coming in. But there was a stat that our guy Evan tweeted uh, with Val Nachushkin in the lineup and Val Natchushkin not in the lineup. As it turns out, Val Nachushkin, very important to the Avs.
1: I would definitely say so. If you Do you have that in front of you? The, the... No,
0: I'm looking it up right now. So okay. it's a stall for me for a little bit. Okay.
1: But yeah, I mean, you look at what Val brings to the lineup for this team. It's just, It's what I always talk about is he makes other people's jobs easier most of the time. Like he handles a lot of those tough defensive assignments and he's very good at banging in pucks and making life difficult in the offensive end. He just, he makes everyone else's life easier for the most part. And I love watching him play with Arturi Lekkonen. just
0: They're so good. I, I have the stat. So the Avalanche are 15, three and two with Nachushkin in the lineup, including good. nine straight wins. Pretty good. Yeah. And without him, they are 11, 14 and one. Not very good. Not very good. They're a completely different team without yeah, him.
1: Completely different team. And that's even with Val playing when he was not at 100% in right. November. And even still, probably still suffering through a little bit of that when he came back the second time. Just the idea of Val Chushkin, the concept of him, makes everyone so, so much more comfortable when they're on the ice.
0: Yeah, it does. And I'm hoping it doesn't sound like it's too serious. Obviously, we don't get a ton of info because it's hockey. They don't give any info. Um, but according to reports, he was working out like in the gym. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. And hopefully he's back for Tuesday. But if you talk about that, can you imagine? Just imagine with me for a second here, Griffin. It's Tuesday, February 7th. We're facing the Pittsburgh Penguins. We have four NHL quality lines with Nachushkin back. That gives us a fourth line, right? Are we allowed and to then, do that? I, I know, just I know this is a crazy dream. And then you're talking if Byram and Manson are back, you have your top four defensemen back to.
1: So what w- are you, or are you, what are you implying? Like a healthy line? Yeah. Like, like is, is that playing, playing the team the way it was constructed? The, right. Is, that, is that what you're getting at here? Yes.
0: It's a crazy concept. So I need you to imagine it with me okay. because I'm, cl-
1: I'm closing my eyes. I'm for, for, for all our audio listeners, which is all yeah. our, my eyes are closed and I'm, I'm rubbing my <laughs> temples like a cycle. And I'm picturing
0: because it. this oh. would be the first time, but it seems like since the opener, that it's actually like we're closer to a healthy lineup than we are, than we've been all year. Because then if you look at it, the only players that would be out would be Landy, right? Landy and Helm. Yeah. And speaking of Darren Helm... We got good news. We got good
1: news on him that like he's probably going to start working after the break. And that doesn't sound like a career-ending injury to me, if that's the case, which is very good news, not even a season-ending injury at that point. So we could be talking in a little while in the playoffs that Darren Helm is going to be back along with... Gabe Landeskog, And all of a sudden
0: Mulgan's a scrap.
1: You're not even just icing four quality NHL lines. You're icing four good
0: NHL lines. Depth. Yeah. With depth. Like, it's crazy. It is cra- Like it's the closest we've been since probably the start of the season. Like, which- granted, we have to make it through the all-star break now. Like, we can't have any of our guys get hurt in the fucking all-star game, which Yeah,
1: like don't go rock climbing yeah. on vacation. Like, don't Go bungee jumping. Honestly, Wear like, your
0: sandals when you're at the beach, don't cut buckle, your feet on any glass,
1: buckle your seat belts yep. in the car, you know, don't slip on any banana peels. Like, I don't, I don't know what Frankie did over Christmas to his head. Yeah. He did. <laughs> he did something to it confirmed that it did happen over Christmas that he hurt himself somehow, but just like go to the beach, like get, get a margarita yeah. and just like sit at the pool chair the entire time. Like, Do not. like by force if needed, like, you hire someone to keep you laying down the whole time. I don't want anything to happen.
0: I agree. So it's a crazy concept and it's going to get me through this week knowing that hopefully there's going to be some people who are at the rink and they see Byron and Manson like skating without a red contact Jersey. You see Darren Helm skating, um, so it's, it's a crazy concept because we haven't even talked about that possibility. Like who is the healthy scratch? If all these guys come back, if Helm and Landis God come back, it's probably between Malgan and Myers. And I think they'd probably keep Myers in because he can play center. I, Although I, I think, I think
1: they go Malgan. You think they make, go Malgan? More NHL experience.
0: Oh, I guess Helm's a center. You, you can have Helm play center. Yeah. So yeah, I'd agree. I think it's um, yeah, and I mean, Dennis Malgan He's good. I like Dennis Morgan a lot. I like
1: what he brings. If this man could hit the net and finish his chances, he's <laughs> have 10 goals right now, 20 goal score like yeah. every year that he gets so close, but he completely he just misses on like wide open opportunities <laughs> in front of that. And I, I like him. I like that we have Dennis Morgan. And if he gets one, if he gets one and if he goes into the playoffs hot, that's a dangerous guy. <laughs> it's but a until- dangerous guy. Until he actually scores one, I don't know if I believe that he can, if that I agree. makes sense. Which sounds rude, which sounds very rude, but yeah. until I see it, I just I don't believe it.
0: I'd agree. I'd agree. But yeah, we're at the all-star break. We made it. Um, I know we had a couple other NHL things we wanted to talk about. Uh, we can kind of wrap the show up with that unless you had anything else you wanted to chime in abs-wise. I mean, not
1: really. I mean, it's good that we're going in here on such a, a decent run, going in here seven, three in our last 10 games. Sucks we couldn't go in on a massive win streak, but shit happens sometimes. Currently sitting third in the Central Division as we're talking right now. Does Minnesota have tiebreakers? Yes, they would. So even if they get, even if they lose in overtime, we would be pushed down to the second wild card again, but not a big deal. Not really. So. I did kind of want to look around at some of these standings a little bit. And uh, surprise, surprise, I going to talk about one of my favorite topics, the Pacific Division. Yes. What the genuine fucking hell is happening out there? The Los Angeles Kings right now are the top team in the Pacific Division with a negative six goal differential. I don't even have the words for that. Can right you
0: imagine now. if that team got goaltending, how good they'd be?
1: They, they'd be disgusting. Like they statistic, yeah. like they talked about this on the broadcast. They statistically have the worst goaltending in the league, closely followed by the Seattle Kraken, yep. who do not have a goalie who is above 900 save percentage. And then in third is the Vegas Golden Knights, who are 3-6-1 and one in their last 10, and are very slowly but surely getting sick of Jack Eichel's shit. Yeah.
0: Like the Pacific divisions, wide open. I still think Edmonton's going to come in there and take that division. I really do. Um, there's a realistic possibility that Calgary does, because right now sure. they're fifth in the division
1: and they're only five points behind L.A. If If they get hot for two weeks, they're winning that division. Like, it's so crazy that we're talking about Calgary like they're this done deal and they very well might be. But we could like there's there is a universe out there where the Flames still win this division.
0: There is. I don't think it's going to
1: happen. I don't I don't either. I'm just saying that it, it can happen.
0: Yeah, it can. But like the Kings, I think the they're an interesting team. Like it's very funny cuz we come on here and talk about them like they're like the shit team, but they're, they're first in the fucking Pacific and second in the West right now. No, yeah, they're second in the West cuz they're ahead of uh, Winnipeg. They,
1: they, if they if they trade for a goalie at the deadline, if they get Vismelko from the Coyotes, that could legitimately push them to being like, oh fuck, this team could go to the final. <laughs> like they are, I, I like. I could see the them
0: making a trade for fucking John Gibson. That's who I could see them trading for.
1: I, think, I don't know if the Ducks are going to give up on John Gibson. I think they're just going to sit in that contract until they die, especially not to the Kings. But if they just get, like, even if they just got Gibson, like just a goalie, like they, they could yeah. be the Blues from a couple of years ago. They could. except they're not in last place. They're actually playing well outside of bad goaltending. If they just get a goalie, like, I don't think I'm not going to say they're going to win the cup, but in that division, that could be enough to push you to the Western Conference
0: final. It could. So, I mean, it's just interesting. Sorry. I'm watching the Vegas right now is in overtime with the Islanders and I have a very oh, large wager.
1: Thank you for reminding me. Uh, wish I could watch it. Uh, for some reason in Maryland, ESPN plus has blocked me out of all Metro games. So uh, I can only watch the Washington Capitals on Fubo. And for some reason, the Penguins are a fair game. Everyone else, I am not allowed to watch their games. I'm blacked out of all of them for some reason. So I wish I could have a nice conversation with you about this Islanders overtime, but for some reason, I, I'm not allowed to watch it for it, some. It's reason.
0: It's been, it's been a fun game. I have a very large wager uh, on the Islanders money line and it's very stressful. Um, but Yeah, I mean, the Pacific Division just continues to be, like you said, Vegas. I don't know what's going on with them. They're just getting injured, which is kind of what we all thought would happen. Like they were like injuries away from being a bad team again because they have no depth and they can't really do anything. And I still haven't seen Mark Stone play. Uh, Bruce Cassidy already hates Jack Eichel, which is very funny. Um, So I, I still think Vegas is a playoff team, but man, they need to stay healthy. And I just it's not like these guys are young.
1: No, like I just think Vegas is heading for a purgatory here.
0: Oh, they for sure are. Like, like,
1: they're already kind of almost there. Like if they can't get Eichel to be like not even just good, like a game breaker, you got three more years of that contract after this right. like, 10 million. Stone is even longer at yeah. nine and a half. If he can't stay healthy. And William Carlson's still at 5.9 forever. Like, if this team
0: can't figure it out, they're in some deep trouble for a long time. Well, they're just like, everyone knew it was going to happen. Like they had to win a cup in these first five years, or else they were going to be stuck in hell. Because it's kind of like what the Abs did when they first came into existence. They they were lucky. They had the they had the the Nordiques, who were a good team, and they were able to add pieces to it. But like Pierre Lacroix traded like every first round pick for like five straight years. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> like, it was, we didn't have to deal with the salary cap back then. True. Like, and uh, Vegas, they just thought they could buy their way to a cup and. If you're taking one expansion franchise long term, oh, it's the Kraken. Taking the Kraken 100%. I might, I might even take them this year.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I love playing. the Kraken, dude. Yeah, we, I, we, we've spoken our admiration for the Kraken know, there,
1: I, but I can't speak enough about them. I adore the Seattle yeah. Kraken even more than I expected I would with Burakovsky on their team. I, I love them regardless. The second they signed Berkey, because that's just how my fandom works, but th- they're just such a fun little team to watch. They're what Vegas thought they were in their first year, except just actually likable, hardworking guys who don't call themselves the goddamn Golden Misfits. I hated that name. The second they did that, I was done with the Knights forever. The second yeah. I saw that, I was like, I want to throw up. That Mine is- was when their
0: social media team, like they, they were kind of fun and amusing at first. And then you're like, these guys kind of fucking suck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like- like they're kind of annoying. And then they they fired the first one. And then I don't know how many managers have run through there, but the directives never changed. And I have them muted on every single account. So I haven't even seen one in forever.
0: Yeah, me too. But it's uh it's going to be interesting Uh, in that Pacific Division. It's going to be, like you said, there's five teams who could win that division right now. There's five teams. Like That's going to be the most compelling or compelling uh, division race to end the year. I mean, the Abs could make it interesting in the Central, but there's really, like, I think we can all agree Minnesota is going to be fringe three wildcard team. They're not going to miss the playoffs, but they they, they probably won't get higher than the three seed. Um, so Winnipeg is probably my most
1: interesting team to watch for the rest of this season because there are times they look really good, but then there are times, like, recently where they lose for nothing to the flyers tonight and then they lose to buffalo the night before they lose to nashville and there are other nights where they we've seen them play really well but their 500 in their last couple of stretch this month of january hasn't been too great for them they're not guaranteed to make it. No, they're guaranteed. I think they will. But if Minnesota, like, I think Minnesota is unfortunately a good team that is going to make the playoffs. I, oh, I can't yeah. see the Wild missing the playoffs. No. And honestly, I think we're going to play the Wild in the first round because I, do too. I just don't know if Winnipeg's going to hold on to that top three with us hot on their heels. And if the Wild play well and the Jets just kind of peter off here for a little bit, I, I think they have one more game before the break. But after the break, if they just play okay, they'll probably make a wild card spot, and ma- maybe they'll get whoever wins specific and win that because you know who knows with that. Yeah, and but I don't know. I, I think it's going to be real interesting. If I, if I'm making my playoff prediction now, it's been too long since we've played the Wild. It's just like it's got to happen at some point. Yeah. Like it just it wouldn't feel right if we go through this era of ABS and Wild hockey and they don't play. Like it's going to happen eventually, right?
0: I think so, especially with St. Louis probably not making it, they're they're more likely. So it'll be fun. I I look forward to it. Uh, was there anything else we wanted to cover NHL wise? Because let's be quite frank, after today, we're gonna have a whole lot of fucking nothing to talk about abs related. Uh,
1: I mean, there there's Don Skoy in Seattle. Yeah, that's a bummer. Who had that concussion in the preseason, and hopefully he can play again, but. We're talking like we're talking about seven career concussions Crazy. at this point. Like at a certain point, you, you look at the money you've made in the NHL, and I'm not one to make decisions for people, but seven concussions is a lot. Like that you Well, know,
0: he, he won't retire because he still wants to get paid. He'll just go out right. LTIR.
1: But exactly. But concussions like you you can you can get a hip replacement. You can get screws in your legs and your back and everything. There's nothing you can do for your brain. You can't
0: get a brain replacement yet.
1: Yeah, you can't. <laughs> like there's nothing you can do about that stuff. So I I hope the best for for Jonas Donskoy, one of the most underrated AVS players in recent memory. Just that team was just so fun when we just Thank had, you. we just had Jonas Donskoy who would just like put in a hat trick once a yep. month and then just never score again. And then just never scored in Seattle after that, real fun guy. I miss having him here, and I I really hope the best for him in his NHL career. Just such a great guy who deserves a lot more than to have a great career end like this.
0: Yeah, agreed. So best wishes to Giannis Donskoy. Um, hopefully he can get back, because the Kraken are good, and they could use him. They could. Yeah. They, they could use a player like Donskoy. So yeah. um, we'll have to wait and see, but hopefully it's good news with that. And, yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else. The Islanders beat the uh, Knights – in overtime, so that was cool. Uh, I I won my bet. If you were watching live, which eventually you'll be able to watch us do this podcast live, uh, you would see my reaction. But uh, Matt Barzell just fucking ripped one past Logan Thompson, so that was cool.
1: Yeah, so we'll see where where all that goes in time. I think we're good to wrap this one up here for now on this edition of the this Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Even with the All-Star break coming next week, I don't think we're going to be changing our schedule any nope. anytime soon. We'll be back. Same as always, I'm sure we'll talk some trade deadline stuff, some previews and stuff, maybe get some, some people to educate us on hockey in general because God knows we need it. Yep. And we'll see about all that in time. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code Tell It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But we will be back on Wednesday talking something. Something there will be a conversation. I can guarantee that there will be something talked about on the show. I can't guarantee it'll be good, but we'll talk about it. Whatever it is, it will go from there. It'll be something I can. It will be one of the conversations of all time. Absolutely. I can guarantee that. So again, thank you so very much for for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go out.